Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. So excited to welcome Alicia to the show today. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being on the podcast. So what is your question for me today? Okay, so it's kind of a big year for me. Um, This summer, I will, in June, celebrate my 10-year wedding anniversary. And in August, I turn 30. (laughs) It is a big year. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a big year. And a big anniversary. And also in May, I just graduated with my graduate degree. So it's like a lot of monuments all at once. And um, being an LDS woman of a certain age, kids, the questions about kids are coming up. I don't have any right now. Mm -hmm. And that's by choice. Um, And inevitably, the question always comes up like, what are you waiting for? And the answer is, I don't really know, but I felt very clearly like waiting was the right choice. But mm-hmm. it used to feel like the right choice. And I just wonder, will I ever be ready? How will I possibly know? Mm. And what does it even mean to be ready? So mm-hmm. it's a constant hang up for me. And I want to explore it some more. Okay. First, I want to address comments by other people. Okay. It's none of their business. Yes, I know that. But okay. it doesn't mean that it doesn't impact me when they say things. Right, right. But I want to make sure that you know you have permission to say, oh, that's none of your business. Or I'm not interested in your input on that. Okay. So you you can kind of say, you know, please don't ask me that again. You can shut it down. And those questions feel like pressure, right? Like you're doing something wrong if (laughs) you're 30 and you don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what does it mean to be ready to have kids? Like, what do you think? Like, what would ready look like for you? Well, something that I think is really important is that you actively want them. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fully on board with the idea that that a should is not a good reason to bring a human life into the world. Um, yes. And so for me, I want to actively want them and my husband as well. And we do want them in theory, but not like act- actively right mm-hmm. now in our life which is kind of a hard thing to say because it feels really countercultural, but Mm -hmm. it's something that's very real for me. So that would be the first thing. Um, For a long time, I thought it was like a a certain level of like temporal readiness. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always felt like the most responsible thing you can do is bring a child and like you're able to care for it Mm -hmm. financially, which at this point I am. Mm -hmm. Um, those are like the two things that I, I feel like, but like personally, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I kind of have this and I know it's not necessarily true, but I have Mm -hmm. this idea in my mind that becoming a parent is like the end of your life. And I know Mm. that, I know that lots of people do amazing things and have children, but Mm -hmm. some, somewhere along the line, I got this message that when you become a mother, all the things that you do will stop. And like, I really love the things that I do. And I feel like they align with what's important to me as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in a way that maybe motherhood will also, maybe it won't. I don't know. So right, right. Yeah, I think stepping away from my personhood is not something I'll ever be ready for. Yeah, no, and you you don't ever need to. Yeah, ever. I'm curious about your experience as a child with your own mom. Yeah, um, my mom is really a cool woman, but she. She was an artist like I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And she talked about when she decided to have children, having like a deliberate decision to take a step away from the path of pursuing artistic excellence and and into pursuing children. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I watched her struggle with that my whole life. She was a really good mom in a lot of ways, but I also feel like she gave up something and regretted it for a lot of years. And she's a super successful career in something else. And in a lot of ways has been happy, but um, yeah, the artistic component she sacrificed. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. So part of your family experience, your family like story or mythology is like women give up their passion to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was what your lived experience was with your mom. And it, it doesn't always make them happy and they, they regret it. So no wonder, no wonder you're afraid. Makes perfect sense, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be unhappy. You don't want to give up your art. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. So I just want to validate like, of course, you're scared. You don't want to repeat that pattern, but you don't know anything else. Right. Right. There's not a lot of templates, either my family or like in the world. I don't know if there's any templates for what I do. Maybe there are, but they're hard to find. Yeah. Do you mind me asking what kind of art you do? Yeah, I'm a musician. I play mostly jazz music. Awesome. Cool. I'm a musician too. I'm a songwriter. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm very familiar with your work. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually had kids and pursued a career in music and a career as a therapist. So I've actually done the thing you're talking about. Um, Yeah. So it's possible. From my experience, having kids shifts maybe the pace of things. Um the time frame, but it doesn't stop it if you choose to not let it, right? It definitely can. I mean, I I know a lot of people who they got married young, especially in the Latter-day Saint faith, yeah. get married young, have a baby, quit school and stay home. Yeah. For me, that was not okay. Like I got married young, had a baby, stayed in school. <laughs> For me, that was the right decision. And everybody has to to kind of make their own decision. So I think you are in a really good place to, you know, you're mature, you, your brain's fully developed, you have your graduate degree, you have experience, you have, sounds like a a stable relationship. I, I think your fear is getting in the way that belief that I have to give up everything. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's not even a matter of making a decision right now because I can't even think really clearly about one way or another. It's just, it all feels so overwhelming that it's like, no, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. 
interesting. I uh, I studied creative productivity of mothers for my dissertation for my PhD, which is cool. very um, relevant to what we're talking about here, right? Being an artist, being yeah. a mother, and I developed this model of partnership families. So the the key to not abandoning everything is to have a partnership relationship and marriage and family where all of the household, all of the kids stuff does not fall on you. It falls on the team. Yeah. And so have you had conversations with your partner about expectations around that? Yeah, we've definitely had conversations about it. And quite honestly, he he's a musician as well. So we have mm-hmm. really similar hangups because we expect that things will be split pretty much 50-50 when we dive into that. But it mm-hmm. will because of that, it will impact both of our careers. Yeah. Um, we're collectively worried about. Yeah. Yeah. And it will impact your careers. But I, I learned a really great lesson um, from one of my mom's friends. So she came to a baby shower when I was pregnant with my first child. And she gave me a porta crib, like a little play pop-up playpen thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she said, take your baby with you on your adventure. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. So I took I took him to rehearsals. I took <laughs> I took him some times. I took him to grad school if I my babysitter um, canceled or like. I want you to think about you're taking children with you on your adventure, not you're stopping your adventure to take care of them. So a a child-centered family is a new concept. Throughout history, kids were not the focus of the family. Survival was, and you, everybody worked, and it wasn't just like, oh, we, we have to sit here and coo at the, you know, of course you have to coo at the baby, but like not all day long, every day, 24 seven. So that, that child centered family is not necessarily what's best for the kids, like for everything to stop and for the focus to be on them, because that's not realistic for the rest of their life. (laughs) No, definitely. It is crucial that their needs are met. So I'm not saying neglect your child, but I think the way that you're framing it is like my child is going to hijack my life. And I'm, I want you to think of it like I'm going to add an aspect to my life and move forward with that. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of, there's this really famous photo of a famous jazz pianist doing a, a sound check with her baby strapped to her front. Mm-hmm. That's always been really, um, really inspiring to me, even though mm. it's one of only a few that exist, but yeah. 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 And a lot of eminent female artists are child-free, right? They choose yeah. <laughs> because, because it, requires a lot to combine them, but it is doable. It is doable. So I think that um, that fear is getting in the way of knowing whether you want a child or not, because it sounds so horrible. <laughs> Who would want it, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I would, if I felt like I had to abandon everything that I care about to have a, to be a mom, that doesn't sound very enticing. Yeah, 
Well, and it's, it's hard because the prevailing view of motherhood is that that is what should and does happen, which I know you, you speak a lot about that not being healthy, but it's, it's just yet another layer of pressure <laughs> on top of my own stuff is that I'm, you know, I'm fighting my own stuff plus society right? plus my culture. <laughs> right, right. Definitely that expectation of now your life is your child. And that's why I push against that so much because I don't think that's healthy for the kids and I don't think it's healthy for moms or dads. Right? Yeah. And we don't expect dads to give up their lives to become dads. No. Why? Why? You know, they're a parent too, right? They're a parent. So I think reframing that and really kind of challenging that fear, that belief that I, I'm going to disappear. Like when this child appears, I disappear. Yeah. That, that there's a path for you to integrate a child into your life and you keep moving forward with your goals, passions, and all, you know, all the things that, that you want to do and know that it's going to change and you're going to need more support and you're going to need partnership and you may need to hire, you know, a nanny sometimes or whatever you need to do. It's okay to build in support to make it work. So there's also this belief that, If you're the mom, you have to do everything. Not true. Yeah. You can, you know, if you're working, you, you need support, either a partner, childcare, those kind of things. So, so be willing to hire or do whatever you need to do to build in the family support for you and your husband to succeed in your professional goals. Okay. That was one of the best lessons I learned. There was a time when I was really overwhelmed and, and my business, my music was going, it was really busy. My practice was going well, just had a baby and I was overwhelmed. And I realized, wait, what would a man do? Oh, he'd, he'd hire assistants. Oh, okay. You know, like, why don't I have assistants? And he'd feel really good about himself that everything's being, everything's growing, that he's. And so I really thought, that was a shift for me to go, okay, like I need more support in order to do what I want to do. So build in that support. Okay. Are there other fears that you have that you are working with? Um, I mean, in the meantime, while I'm trying to build that, because it's really important to me that I don't actually make any decisions until I'm fully on board and my mm-hmm. husband are fully yes. on board. Can we talk a little bit about like, boundaries with other people or specifically with family because with family it's hard because I do want to be receptive to counsel or or with other people who might be able to give me useful counsel especially since I'm not necessarily thinking of this in a realistic way mm-hmm. um but it's very very hard not to feel crushed by expectations of other people sometimes so can I balance that and not just totally shut off things or do I need to just totally shut off things at this point? I don't think you need to totally shut off, but I do think that you need to take charge of when and where that information comes in. Like you ask someone for their advice is different than them giving you unsolicited advice. Yeah. You saying, Hey, I noticed, tell me about how you made the decision to you initiating it is totally different than like, well, why don't you have kids yet? 
what's your plan? Come on, chop, chop, (laughs) get busy. Yeah. So you initiate that. Okay. So I'm thinking specifically of one relationship in which some of the people closest to me know that this is a really painful issue for me. So they don't mention it. Mm-hmm. They, they've stopped giving advice. They gave up on that years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, there's still like this unspoken pressure around it. And that mm-hmm. that kind of unspoken thing is a little bit harder for me to deal with even then because I can address specific advice. Like I, I, I can control that. But this weird unspoken tension around it. And I feel like this happens sometimes too in like church situations where nobody's saying anything, mm-hmm. but, and it might be in my head, it might be there, but you know, passive aggressive sorts of energy. I'm not really sure how to address that without sounding crazy, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not all in your mind. Yeah. It, it exists. I remember feeling it. it's a thing. (laughs) The expectations of other people are a thing. So it's to what degree do you emotionally let it in? Like, so, so now we're kind of talking about not just verbal boundaries, but um, your emotional boundaries, like what you let into your heart. Okay. And it's, it's really hard to describe how to do that, but you might be able to think of like, you have this protective coating on like this. So it, it, like the energy hits you and then it just slides off, right? It just kind of like Mm -hmm. some kind of imagery that would work for you that it's like, okay, I'm feeling this. It's going to just bounce. It's going to impact me, but it's going to just bounce off. It'll hit me, but it'll bounce off that. I don't have to internalize it or ruminate about it or give it any attention other than noticing it's there. And then telling it like, okay, thank you. Got it. (laughs) You know, there is cultural pressure. Okay. And then like letting that go. And that just takes skill and time to practice. Yeah. It's, it's easy for me to do with people that are just in my life. It's a lot harder for me to do with like family. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've stopped caring about you know, like dumb, the dumb random. comments from bishopric members or random, random yeah. older ladies in the ward, like whatever I can deal with that. But, you know, if it's coming from my parents or his parents or siblings, it can be a lot harder because it's more personal because I know that they care about me. And a lot of times, like it's coming from a, Hey, we're legitimately worried that if you decide to have a baby, you physically won't be able to anymore. Or what if you face infertility and these kind of things, the, those are the ones that weigh on me. The ones that aren't just like random judgment, they're coming from a place of love mm-hmm. that I'm not ready to deal with. Mm-hmm. So so do they think you don't know that or haven't thought about that? I I really, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I get the sense that they just think that I'm just like so wrapped up in my own world. But of course I think about this all the time. How could I not? Right. So you may want to just tell them I'm taking everything into consideration. Okay. Like this is not news to me. You know, this is, <laughs> this is not like, you're not enlightening me. I'm already aware of this. So, I mean, you wouldn't want to say it snarky like that, but, but like, I know you love me and trust me, I'm aware of the impact of my choices, which is why this is such a hard issue for me. Okay. I mean, cause Really, like you're 30, you haven't thought about. I mean, it sounds like you think about this all the time. So, 
they don't need to make any, <laughs> they, they don't need to make any any comment that's just not their that's not their place so i i want you to consider coaching your close loved ones that you really care about what would be supportive for them to say to you and ask them for that you know mom what i need you to say is i trust you alicia i trust your decision you have a good heart i trust you that's what I need to hear from you, mom or sister or brother-in-law or whoever. Yeah. What do you want? What are you longing to hear from them? Can you articulate that? Um, that they know that I'm doing my best and that I'm making decisions, not because I've been deceived, but because I'm thinking about this really clearly. And because I know deep down that I have a mission that goes, that maybe includes motherhood, but also includes a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And that I'm trying to honor both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want, I'm, I'm tired of feeling like they think I'm a bad woman because I'm mm-hmm. including more than what might be traditionally seen as a good woman. Yeah. 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 So is that something you could ask for in those relationships that you really care about? I mean, it, the thought of doing that with some people really scares me, but yes. Yeah, because people don't know what to say. Yeah. And so they just kind of say what comes to mind or what what their perspective is. And it's not always helpful. So it, you can think of it as really kind for you to let them know what you long to hear f- from them. Yeah, that's that's a much more helpful thing. Cause I feel like I'm the one that's always shutting things down and I don't, it's not, it's created barriers in certain mm-hmm. relationships because they don't feel like they can talk to me about things, which mm-hmm. I don't want that, that, that gets in the way of closeness. Right. But it also is just so hard because I feel like what they say hurts me a lot of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So coach them, let them know what you want to hear from them. What would feel loving and supportive? Because it sounds like they love you and they want to support you and they want what's best for you. So let them know. Yeah. And then you can also work on caring less about other people's approval, even family members, right? Like, you know, it's not my business what they think of my fertility choices. Like that's their business. You know, I'm making this decision with my husband with our personal revelation, with our considering our life's missions, like what they think is their business, not mine. Yeah. I think, I think the validation thing would help because I think you're right. What I'm craving is really just some sort of support from Mm -hmm. the people that care about me the most in this really hard thing. Right. Right. And they are trying, but they don't know how to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, tell me kind of what, what stands out from our conversation today that you're going to take with you as you move forward in trying to make this decision? First of all, just not being so black and white with my thinking of mm. what it might entail and being willing to imagine options. So just <laughs> that I can continue like putting I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying this, but like putting myself first and adding, adding children to it without dethroning myself is the focus of my life. Um, it's hard. I'm feeling a lot of like guilt and selfish, yeah, yeah of selfish course. shame coming up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
there's a lot of cultural pressure. Yeah. yeah, a lot. But that's that's one of the main things. And then just being being brave enough to ask the people that I do care about their opinions. Well, first, not caring about people's opinions, but the people that I care about closeness with. Yeah, inviting them to participate in a way that's that works for me. Yes, love it, love it. Well, thank you so much for our conversation today, Alicia. I just, I'm really proud of you for your integrity and for trusting yourself because I, I think if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust, right? Like this is your, this is your decision. This is your life. And I trust you. You'll, you'll sort this out. You'll sort this out. And I'm a resource for you if you need, if you need support. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider reviewing and rating it on Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Have you ever thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question? Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.